A small to medium-sized enterprise HR consultant is more fractal. We use the term consulting because we're working with you and we're not working as an employee, but we're a far better option in that you still have control of your business operations. We get involved as if we were an employee, but we're still at that distance to be able to work hand in hand with you so that we're giving you an outside perspective of what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And our involvement is as much or as little as you need. Welcome back to The Prospecting Show. Today, we have Moeed Ahmed on the show from Mo Dynamics. How are you? I'm not too bad in yourself, Dr. Connor. Great. I am doing well. So just for the listeners, just so we can start this off right away, give us some background. Tell us where you came from and what you're doing right now with Mo Dynamics. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, initially, I actually grew up in South Africa. So my initial background is obviously in accounting. And then we moved here to Canada back in 2010. So in that process, I switched over to human resources management as my area of studies. And by the time I graduated, I found that obviously I had a more extended educational background, coupled that with other arenas, which were Lean Six Sigma, uh, you know, a little, a little bit of, you know, health and safety. And so a more, uh, you know, widespread of uh, business expertise in the average, uh, you know, person. And what I found specifically for me as an individual that led me to growing my business or starting my business was that I have a more dynamic uh, capability in terms of what I'm able to offer as a professional. So typically people go into one line or one arena or they have one set of expertise. The same cannot necessarily be said for me uh, within, let's say, uh, a business domain but they're all related capabilities. And I found that uh, project-based work or working for companies that are that need more of a, uh, you know, HR person or professional in a more gig economy, that's where I actually had uh, the greatest strengths and uh, greatest premise to be offering, you know, my uh, professional capabilities. And eventually, very simply, what led to me starting more dynamic specifically was that I saw a huge disconnect between, you know, people management within in-house in businesses, which was really reduced to just recruiting people every time things didn't go well, to, you know, just outsourcing the need to recruit people to an agency. And I found that there needs to be some tie-in between recruiting people and the actual management of people within a business so that there's an actual, you know, direct translation into the operations and the actual revenues for business and also the sustainability uh, for the business, but also overall um, responsibility to all the key stakeholders of the business, not just to management in being able to generate, uh, you know, revenues for stakeholders. And, and so in your experience, uh, you know, HR is a pretty broad category, right? There's a lot of people who, who have been in HR. There's a lot of people who have had experience managing people. There's the recruitment side, the agency side, internal, external, all these different pieces. Where do you focus most of your efforts? What do you specialize in? Absolutely. That's a very good question, Connor. So what I say is that if you put a framework or a physical uh, shape to us, 
then we say that the physical sphere we operate in is um, industry-wise, first of all, you'd say it's small to medium-sized enterprises. And we, we say startups, but really it's technology companies or uh, in any company that would fit into that space that is a growing company. That's really the area that we would operate in. And specifically, when we say HR, we say we focus on two types of HR. So we focus on preemptive HR. So preemptive is different from what you're thinking of right now. Most organizations focus on the recruitment, the compensation, and all of that. And that's all great in trying to fix a problem that already exists. But most people actually forget about the preemptive HR. And that's basically to lay a foundation for HR to begin with as you're competing and growing for your business. So we focus on setting up a platform for companies where we say, you know what, we're going to set the basics and foundation for your people management so that you know how to govern and be self-independent in running your business and we'll help you in terms of being an extension to do so, whether you want to work with us on a practical basis or however much, however little, as you grow your business in terms of people management, so that they still have that control, they still have that involvement in their business in terms of people management, which they should. And then the other aspect is that if there is an existing company, how do we take the existing company in comparison and how do we revamp or strengthen their approach to people management. And that's a post-emptive side. So then we will work with a small amount of companies as opposed to working with a large amount of companies. And then we work with, you know, a specific focus for the post-emptive. So it could be compensation. It could be, uh, you know, building a training and development plan. So it would just depend on the specific needs of that particular company. Gotcha. Now, for most businesses that maybe already have one HR person or somebody, maybe it's a CEO that's having HR responsibilities, how do you fit in with those types of companies? Are you able to go in there and do the work or do, are you typically looking for somebody who doesn't have HR? You know, it's both. And, and here's why. Because the thing is that they're both two sides of the same coin. And there's obviously a middle ground in between there. And that's really a transition point in terms of their where they are in their company. So the reason I help the existing business, the one, uh, the person who doesn't, uh, who are doing HR on their own is because HR isn't supposed to be something that they should be focusing full time. If their primary focus is supposed to be growing their business or continuing to grow their business. So I'd help them in that case to, you know, uh, be in a state of self-empowerment where, um, maybe hire a, a, an HR person for them if they don't have one. And if they have an HR person to see how that HR person is actually doing, I mean, is he just doing paperwork for the sake of doing HR? Or is there actual translation in terms of the strategy and operations for that business? And that's more so for an existing business. Uh, whereas uh, a company that doesn't have HR, I would just help them build an HR uh, you know, system in place for them to govern and use. Gotcha. Now, in your professional opinion, where should when do companies know that they need to start focusing on HR? There's a lot of one, two, three-person companies out there, especially in, in Canada and the U.S. How do they know 
that it's time to start working with an HR, external HR agency, or somebody bring somebody on board who's an HR? How do they know when that time is right? Okay. So it, it really has to do, you know, we say we have four stages in the growth of any business. So we say that there's an initial stage where you start your business, which is the one to two, three person, you know, that initial, I'll give the tech industries example because it's a very good primer for this example. So we say typically, you know, three guys get together and they say, hey, we're going to build out an app and we're going to start doing that. So they pretty much spend night and day to do that. That's probably not the best time to do so because at that stage you want to get your product out. You want to, to take it from proof of concept to an actual product. Uh, when, when you start getting to a stage where um, it becomes an issue to, you know, do the sales or when, when pretty much one person or a couple of people cannot do enough to meet all the business needs and it becomes an issue for you to, uh, you know, either get to a stage where you need to start doing sales or these things with a full team to be able to manage to grow your business. As usually, it's stage two when you're starting to grow and compete. So it gets to a stage where you, you now have, you need a full-time team and you need to be able to manage the team. That's a simple answer. Uh, Size-wise, I would say that, that that varies. So if you're a people service industry, like let's say accountants or design team, or, uh, you know, that work hands-on with people more so and less technology, it could be anywhere from 25 to uh, you know, I'm throwing it out there, but around 75 people. It just depends on how people intensive your business is. Uh, it could be more so that it's 80 to 120 for a tech company because if they're in the SaaS industry, then they'll be automating most of their work. So they need to get to a stage where they need people on board all the time, whether that's, um, you know, an extended development uh, team and infrastructure to be able to support their existing business. Yeah, and that's a really interesting idea because I think at the end of the day, the best part about uh, the growth of a company is making sure you have the right people at the right time, right? That's probably the most critical decision that people need to make in their business. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Timing is everything, Connor. Um, and they, sometimes they make the mistake uh, that we've seen in our research is when to add those people. So they, they think that they can just continue to uh, manage people on their own. When at some stage, you're not necessarily letting go, you're delegating. Um, and the other problem also becomes is that sometimes they delegate all the people management and, and that creates a disconnect between the actual strategy and the goals of the business. So they're not necessarily knowing how um, the people who are actually working for them are actually tied in to their overall vision. And that causes a disconnect as well for people who are coming day in, day out to realize your goals at the end of the day as a business owner. Yeah, that's a really good point too, because there's there's revenues obviously that need to continue to go up. And when you're going through an elimination and delegation process, you have to make sure that you delegate the right tasks. Because if you give something away to somebody else that's just uh, cumbersome, it might actually be a really important task and it shouldn't be delegated. So in, in your business and, and what you guys are doing, do you recommend that they they delegate first? Should they eliminate things first? What should they do as they start taking on more and more people? So Colin, what I usually do is I, I sit with each and every single potential prospect, but I don't, I personally don't call my potential clients prospects. I don't really like that term, 
but it's re- it's really the individuals that uh, you know want to come on board with us. What I do for them is I go through a process where I simply ask them a few questions to find out, look, what are those tasks that you as a as a business owner need to do that's solely on your shoulders versus the task that you can eliminate that's causing you a burden from doing what you are supposed to do as a business owner. So if they're responsible for closing deals, building partnerships, they can't um, ever delegate those tasks like you say, and neither should those tasks ever be delegated, right? So there's there's those things uh, or or tasks that require the official seal of approval and that sort of stuff where I, I try to just make a separation very simply. And after that separation is made, I then try focus on those tasks that are maybe a need for ongoing operations or whatever or need their attention, but they can easily delegate. And that's where the HR then comes. Yeah. And in your experience, what do you think is the magic number of people that you should report to? I've personally heard seven. So there should be every time you get to seven people, you take one of the seven, you promote them and you make sure that they now manage those other seven people before you create the next business unit. Is that, is that some kind of strategy that you guys have, have looked at before in terms of having a multi-level structure within the business? You know, honestly, we we haven't necessarily looked at it that way because here's the reality of it, Connor. Um, I would say that that th- that is a very good approach to do so or to do it that way. Um, but the that remains to be seen at this stage. To be very honest with clientele, just because uh, most of the clients that we've worked with have not been in that uh, you know huge growth phase, as you would put it. But I would say that in an existing structure, regardless of how it's managed, you um, seven seven is a good proportional number. I, I would say I, I would say that regardless of the the company size, uh, one one is to seven is a reasonable proportion of a number. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's important too because you have to you have to have some objective measures in the business, right? As to when you're going to delegate, when you're going to eliminate, and, and all these different pieces. Um, so, what yeah. kind of hacks or what kind of systems have you seen in place that help with communication internally in the business? What have been, what have been like your best things that you've seen? No, honestly speaking, what, what I've seen in terms of, and it varies, you need to understand that, first of all, when people talk about structures and they talk about all these things, they get very technical. But what I simply say is that your structure needs to be reflective of your business needs. Okay, so so a lot of companies, they make this mistake that when they hire people, they just say, I'm going to put this person in charge to govern these people. And ends up become very compartmentalized and departmentalized, and we get what we call the classical structure. So you get this pyramid or hierarchy where it's like uh, you know you could subdivide the uh, the pyramid into half or, or threes or whatever at each level, and as reflective of the different departments and the different departmental managers. So trust me, you don't necessarily want that because if your employees are, are individuals who are supposed to add. Uh, value to your company with new ideas and everything. There needs to be cross-functionality. So what I've seen the the best companies do is that they have cross-functionality. Um, and what that simply means is that you have a cross-functional structure where you have reporting to your one manager. Let's say the one is to seven example that we took. So you have one manager managing his department of seven people. 
and let's say you have a you have 50 employees and based on the structure what you will then do is that you have a cross cross departmental function where uh, you know these these teams will get together let's say depending on different products that there's or different uh, um uh like uh, different campaigns that they're running. So let's say you're running a campaign for a new, uh, you know, sportswear line for men's clothing. I'm sorry, for men's, uh, uh, for men's athlete wear. And what happens is that you have the design team, you have the advertising, marketing. To simply have a traditional structure where each of them are given their reporting activities separately is a very bad idea. You want to have a cross-compartmental function where they come together they have the individual reportings in terms of deadlines and accountability, and that's where the managers come in. But you have cross-departmental cross because there needs to be a tie-in between the person in the marketing department who's going to be marketing a specific uh, finalized uh, uh, you know, prototype or whatever, and he needs to have input from uh, the, you know, the research and development team to make sure that he's marketing it properly then you need to make sure that um, you have the finance uh, or department or the other uh, estimating department there so that they're in charge of making sure that all the, uh, uh, you know, the proper um, uh, budgeting in terms of resources is done properly and they're estimating the proper cost for that particular production. And, you know, I know you talked a little bit about some of the businesses that you've worked with and the, the kind of industries, but, do you have an affinity for tech or, or SaaS products because of your experience, or do you think that you could really help any business? You know, it's really, really any business. The reason I mentioned SaaS corner was just that I needed a starting point, and that's simply because there's so much scope for what we do. It's really that when we say small to medium-sized enterprise, that's really the, 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 the sum of what we do. We're working with any company, pretty much. It can be an accounting company. It's an advertising company. It's any uh, professional service company to to manufacturing to to uh, you know construction. Uh, it, it just depends on what their needs are. So it could be anything from recruiting to HR, uh, uh, you know, HR policies development to ongoing HR de development to pretty much health and safety. It just depends on that business who's growing. Do they need people? Do they need to manage their people? Done. Yeah. Okay. That makes good sense. So if you had to leave kind of like a tidbit or a, a summary for people who are listening to, to the show here, what is the number one takeaway of your experience? A small business owner listening to the podcast trying to understand what is it that they should do? Give, give kind of a takeaway for them. I would say the biggest thing is that when you're getting to a stage where forget about uh, the actual size of your uh, operation. So a lot of people get hung up on numbers of people. If you are say numbers are important too, excuse me. But what I would say to the audience is that if you're in a situation where you're simply growing, where the hands on deck are not sufficient and you're having a problem to uh, manage your people, and it's impacting your ability to manage them effectively. And you're either doing a very poor job of delegating or you're not delegating, or you're just overwhelmed very simply. That's when you need to call an HR person like us. And at the end of the day, let's get one thing straight. 
um, a small to medium-sized enterprise HR consultant is more fractal. We use the term consulting because we're working with you and we're not working as an employee, but we're a far better option in that you still have control over your business operations. We get involved as if we were an employee, but we're still at that distance to be able to work hand in hand with you so that we're giving you an outside perspective of what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And our involvement is as much or as little as you need. So, so we're, we're literally there for you practically as you need us. So, and it's not that it's not that expensive as opposed to you going to a traditional consulting firm because they only deal with the larger size companies. So, so, so that's a huge advantage for outsourcing um, the work to us to do it completely for you, or or, or to uh, work with you in terms of hiring your people. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. So, to to kind of wrap it up here, how can yeah. people find you? Is there a website, an email, a phone number? How would you like people to reach you? No, very simple. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have our number. Uh, could I share it on the podcast here? Or, or would you be able yes, to? Uh, yes, absolutely. Share it away. Well, you know, absolutely. So our number is 604-671-2723. So again, I'll repeat that once more. 604-671-2723. If you search for more dynamics, that's M O dash. Dynamics, D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-S, more dynamics. If you search for us on Google, we'll come up. We're actually, I think, the only one of two businesses who uses that name and the only uh, consulting business who uses that name, to my knowledge. Awesome. And, And if you search for us on LinkedIn, we'll pop up. Facebook as well. We're also on Twitter. And uh, absolutely, you can personally message me on uh, you know, my LinkedIn and on my Facebook as well. And the spelling is M-O-E-E-D-A-H-M-A-D. Make sure it's A-H-M-A-D and not E-D. And uh, I'm the only, uh, uh, you know, HR professional uh, pretty much uh, here in Vancouver within that segment. And uh, I'm not, just make sure it's in it's in Canada. Otherwise, you'll end up with a lot of Moeed elements. That's all. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming by the prospecting show and kind of sharing us a little bit about uh, HR and where it's important and where it's valuable for companies uh, so that they can grow. And uh, I look forward to the listener feedback on this episode. Thank you so much. I would love that too. It'd be very good for us to get that feedback too. And it's our honor and privilege to be on the show with you, Dr. Connor. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and viewers. We hope that this was interesting. This was impersonal. We just believe to be open as opposed to very formal. Um, and and that, that's really the difference at the end of the day. We believe people um, are the most important thing in working with your business. Revenues go up and down, but it's really the people uh, that, are, that are there for your business. And it needs, to, it needs to be more than just managing them as task doers. And that's really our philosophy in making sure that everybody, every stakeholder is looked after not just the customer um, and everybody's working in synergy and given that level of uh, inter-accountability and connectivity. Thank you so much, people. Have a great day.